Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, May the 6th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Full disclaimer before I kick off, this is a very rare at-home podcast episode. So if you hear my dog make a guest appearance, and by guest appearance I mean bark at the UPS or Amazon or neighbors walking across the street. Uh, that is what I mean. So I apologize up front, but I try to do this podcast like three other times today. And between the app development and some other work stuff I have going on, I got interrupted multiple times, but I wanted to get it out today. So I'm determined and diligent. No matter what, this episode is going out live to you. So you're going to hear it no matter if a fire alarm goes off, my dog barks, or something else crazy goes on. And we're talking specifically about split squats and why I decided to do split squats every single day for a year, 365 days without missing. Now, this happened at this point many years ago as I'm getting older in the fitness game, but it changed me uh, physically, but also mentally as well. And I'm going to tie a lot of the lessons in there. And if you guys are listening and you're like, Jeremy, I don't give a shit about split squats, This episode really isn't just about split squats. Now, if you want the specific protocols where I threw up on Instagram, I kind of shared the story briefly. I'm going to give you the full breakdown, why I decided to do it, um, the main things I got out of it, and the protocol essentially I followed, the rough outline, because obviously what I do is not what you guys should do, Um, but I'm going to give you... I guess a blueprint and you can create, you know, your own path if this is something that you choose to do. But it doesn't have to be split squats, it can be any and everything in between. Really this is an episode about compound interest and how doing hard shit consistently over time tends to have the biggest ROI in your life and I think if you reverse engineer all the things that you've done up to this point, you're going to see the connection real quick. Before I jump in, a couple housekeeping things one. I've been talking about our fitness app here for a little bit. We're getting real close to this bad boy being done. Uh, Today's May the 6th. We're looking at probably May 15th, 16th-ish, give or take, knock on wood, depending on uh, if the world tends to run right. Now, I've shared a little bit about it. The site is jeremyscottfitness.app. Real creative, I know. Uh, But it's jeremyscottfitness.app. Uh, The link's on my Instagram bio. It'll be on our stories. We're going to put it on our newsletter, I believe, Monday. Right now, it's just kind of the pre-page where you can put your email in. It'll give you the updates when the app actually does go live. I believe the first month, we're charging like a buck. Does that sound right? Like a dollar? That seems actually crazy. But yeah, it's a dollar to kick off. And I'm not going to go into all the nitty-gritty and the details of it. But long story short, we've had such a demand for working with us outside of the scope of what I can do personally, like just one-on-one online and outside of just our major transformations. Now, those things aren't going anywhere. Our 47-day, our 40-day, our face uh, melter, all that stuff will still come the same way it comes. Those are coaching programs. They're timed. They're very specific, and we run them a certain way. The app is going to have programs inside it. Don't get me wrong. Stuff you can do in the gym, stuff you can do in the home, plug and play, uh, but I'm going to share what I do weekly in there. So my specific workouts that I do will be in there. A lot of our group stuff will be in there. Again, like I said, full workout programs, all the nutrition stuff that we chat through, macros, carb cycling, you name it, uh, upper body workout specific, lower body, mobility, metcons. We have so many disgusting metcons in there. 
and a bunch of other protocols. There's too much stuff to list off. But if you've been looking to work with us for a really low price point, I guess the first month is a buck, this would be the thing I would check out. And uh, there'll always be fresh content in there. You guys know me. Uh, if I decide to do something, I'm going to go, you know, John Wick mode on it. Like I'm going to kill everything in my site, and that's just how I'm going to roll. And this app has been no different. This is probably the most tired I've ever been trying to do all these things together at once. It looks super clean. I'm super proud of it. And I think you guys will, will dig it for sure. So even if you do our, our major transformation programs, this is something to do obviously in between. We'll talk way more about this in the future, but I just want to throw it out there because I know some of you guys have been asking. So it's jeremyscottfitness.app. You can check it out, put in your email. And then when it does go live, we'll be cranking this bad boy out like crazy. And I think there's already enough stuff in there for probably the next three years, but I'll add new programs obviously every month too, uh, for you guys who are, you know, the fitness freaks of the world. Um, also there is one thing I want to mention quick before we roll into, actually we'll just, fuck it, we'll do it now. Um, you guys already know we're brought to you by our friends at athletic greens. The one thing I take every single day, I never miss. Uh, if you guys want to pick some up, uh, the site right now, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will give you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. It's a pretty sweet deal. If you've never heard me talk about it before, or maybe this is the 475th episode you've heard me talk about it, I am happy to send you a sample pack right to your front door 100% for free. You don't have to pay anything. Just send us your address, your full name. We'll get you a sample pack of Athletic Greens to try. It literally is the best tasting greens on the planet. It's not even close. I travel everywhere I go with it. It's super easy. I take the shaker cup with me, actually, put in some water, and I'm rolling. Even for me, I struggle to eat enough greens every single day. So this is a nice way to cover the gaps in my nutrition. You still have to eat real food, obviously, but if you're not going to eat, you know, five or six servings of just veggies and then fruits on top of it, this is the thing I would take. Now, for you guys, if you're taking 14 different pills a day, like a shitty multivitamin and probiotic, you can throw those away, pop the athletic greens, and you guys are good to go. So if you're interested... Check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for all the free stuff or hit me up for a free sample and I will get it to you guys ASAP. I'm going to put all of our other podcast sponsors in the show notes, our friends at Dry Farms Wine, where we're giving you a bottle and get the next bottle for a penny, our friends at Beam CBD, where we always can get you 20% off all products and 35% off all subscriptions. If you want to try the Beam uh, Dream product, which is what I take probably four or five nights a week to go to sleep, I'm happy to send you a sample of that. There's no THC in it. It's not habit forming, but it does help you stay asleep and uh, get to sleep, which I do think is super helpful. And then our friends that sleep sold separately, I can always get you guys 15% off all the joggers I wear, a lot of the hoodies. They make the best stuff. I'm happy to share that with you. Then our friends at JLab Pro and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth as well. All those are in the show notes, but if you guys want discount codes or free samples on anything, just hit me up and I'm happy to oblige. Now, before I talk about split squats specifically, um, Tyler English has been in the fitness game as long as myself, maybe even a little longer, who knows? And uh, I respect what he does. Um, he cares about the craft of fitness to a level that a lot of people don't. And I'm not trying to bash uh, the fitness industry or profession or, or coaches, but I'm going to sound like an old, like the grumpy old man here when I say this. A lot of uh, younger coaches or a lot of people are just kind of getting into the game. They, they want it to happen overnight. Like they want it 
real quick, and it's a lot of people, we're all kind of guilty of it, right? Like I, I want it in the way where if I order something, I want it to be here in two days. I guess Amazon has kind of, you know, fucked us all in that regard. But I never wanted it with career and I never wanted it with my body and those things. Like sure, in some, you know, fantasy way I did, but it was never the focus. And Tyler's not that dude. He's a dude who has put in the work over decades and long periods of time. He's kind of done it all. He was crushing it way before Instagram. That's why I can relate to him because we are around in the in the good old days, uh, as we say. And it's uh, it's refreshing to hear him still, you know, with as much passion for the right reasons in the game today. Where a lot of you know, no offense, a lot of people who are just getting in. They just want to get. Well, how do I get a bunch of followers? How do I make a bunch of money? Like that's not what fitness is. Like we didn't. Who gives a fuck about how many followers you have? Mike, why is it just about money? If you really focus on the craft, like the customer service aspect of helping people, listening more than you talk, caring about actually coaching them, not being fake famous, I can promise you, you'll make money. You'll be a super successful fitness professional over time. But a lot of people looking for shortcuts, man, and, and not willing to listen. And I'm getting off topic here, but Tyler is the opposite of that. He is an old school through and through. He shares practical good information. And he put out a great piece that I couldn't have said better myself. He posted Common American Stress Relief Solutions. And he lists the five common things Americans do to relieve stress. Number one, drink alcohol. Number two, Netflix slash screen time. Number three, pick up fast food. Number four, eat sugary sweets. And number five, sleep in late. I think all of us who are listening and are rational, we can agree. Those are five things most common Americans do to relieve stress or to escape in one way, shape, or form or another. Now, we also listed uncommon solutions. Number one, eat a healthy diet full of real food. Number two, strength training. Number three, cardio slash walking. Number four, meditation, yoga, stretching. Number five, structured sleep. Number six, sunlight. Number seven, reading. And he ends it with be uncommon. Now that, my friends, is a super valuable piece of information that is applicable to everybody. It makes sense. And it's something I'm resharing here on this podcast. And I, and I say that because I do think it helps people because we've gotten so lost in how we relieve stress or try to escape from things instead of actually fix things, which is a whole different episode. But that right there is more valuable than just sharing a workout. That right there is really going to help somebody. And the reason, A, he's a practitioner of his craft, but the reason he's been successful is he continues to put out the right things that help his people. And he focuses on from the inside, and then it grows out. So for all my young fitness pros out there, this is a great tip. But for everybody else listening, I do think if you find yourself gravitating towards all these easy, you know, I guess, solutions to your stress and problems, booze and screens and fast food and sweets and you know, having an erratic schedule, look for the uncommon solution or my uh, way of phrasing it, the fixes. 
proper diet, training, structured sleep, sunlight, reading, all the things you know you should probably be doing that you aren't doing enough of. So I wanted to share that because I thought it was important. So we're talking split squats, 365. Who does that? Why would you do it? And would I recommend that you do it? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm not telling you to do this. I, by no means, am telling you to do what I do. That's not this. Like anything here, I'm just sharing what I've done. I'm sharing my opinion and the way to go about it if you were me. What I do suggest is doing your own version of this. If you really want to bulletproof your legs, if you're looking to build up, you know, uh, your mobility, uh, you want to actually own a pattern and have integrity in your body, and you want better glutes and quads and hamstrings and all that stuff, you could do some variation of this. Just like every program and every workout we share, whether it be in the app or in person, there's progressions and regressions to everything. And maybe it's not split squats for you. Maybe it's pull-ups. You want to be better at them. Maybe it's push-ups. Well, how do you get better at, you know, doing push-ups? You practice doing push-ups. How do you get better at doing pull-ups? You practice doing pull-ups. Even if you can't do one, there's 15 different workarounds. Maybe it's not anything fitness-related. Maybe it's investing. Maybe it's reading more. Maybe it's learning. Maybe it's mobility. You name it, the compound effect works all the same. It's the things done consistently and correctly over time will have the biggest ROI for you. So again, I'm not telling you to do exactly what I did, but your own version of it and how it fits to you, your life, your goals, and what kind of base you have built, especially if we are talking about doing something physical for this much volume and this much duration. So again, why the hell do split squats for a year? Well, that is a great question, my friends. I'll share this quick Cliff's Notes version, and then I'll go into detail. I post this on Instagram. We're in a pair of uh, BG Gadur's shorts, the sleeve sold separately brand. If you guys ever want a discount, the code is jscott15 for 15% off always. And I'm actually looking at it right now on my desktop, and I believe those shorts, the name of them is Thigh of the Tiger. You heard that right. Not eye of the tiger, like thigh of the tiger. Dude's very creative. Anyways, they're ridiculous, obviously, but I'm wearing them. And uh, they're actually super comfortable. They're great for the pool, too, uh, as a side note. But I posted a photo of me just after filming uh, a bunch of leg stuff. My legs are all vascular, and they look, you know, kind of gross. And it's uh, I'll say this this is off topic. BJ Gadur and I have talked for a long time about some of the most impressive things and I always say, and I believe he echoes the sentiment, building like a strong, good-looking, functional pair of legs is really fucking hard to do, man. Like it really is. Now, some people with genetics, you kind of get built with like bigger kind of like bulky legs or you're short and you got like this short stocky frame and maybe it's a little bit, they look okay even though they're not functionally strong or whatever it may be. And that's not for me to judge. But building like a real strong set of wheels, man, to me is way more impressive and way harder than just getting abs. And I know in fitness we focus on abs a lot of the time, which is, I get it, it's kind of like the centerpiece of, of what people stare at, and it's they think it's a, a picture of just health, and sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. That's a whole different rabbit hole in general. But to build 
a, a functional strong set of wheels where you can, you know, really do something with your legs. It's, it's impressive to me because I know how hard it is. And I know how much pain you got to go through. And anybody who's ever trained before for any amount of time knows, like, the rough, the rough lower body days are the worst, man. Like, they just, they're crippling. You know, you get the, you get the jelly legs or your ass is so sore. You know, you got to hover, you know, to take a shit. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, where your butt is so tender, you can basically foam roll up by just sitting on the ground. Uh, that's impressive to me. And that's uh, really hard to do. So that's just a side note for anybody who's listening. If you're putting in the work... Uh, in lower body training. I know it sucks, man, and it's hard, but I promise you, dude, if you consistently do it, it's going to pay off. And not just for your lower body. It's going to change your whole body. Those are part of the power muscles. And uh, it'll make all the difference in the world, especially as you age. But I digress. I shared this post because I wanted to talk about this in terms of just habits. And many years ago, I filmed a video series for Men's Health created by the great and powerful BJ Gadur himself that included what I felt was like a million split squats. And I damn near quit the project after the first day. And that, I'm no joke here. Like my legs were literally just trashed. Uh, long story short, I got it out the week, completed the project. It turned out uh, pretty amazing. Uh, as far as I know, um, a lot of positive feedback. People loved it. I mean, it's a, just a gangster squad of people. It was BJ Gadur, it was myself, it was Hannah Eden, and Alexia Clark. And I, I really feel it's hard to find a, a squad that's that, that talented for a project like that that's out there. Might be tooting my own horn there, but it's uh, those are three people I have the utmost respect for because they're real practitioners. They don't just know what they're doing um, in terms of fitness and programming and, and really live it. Like they embody like what what fitness is like for us. Like we we give a shit about it. We care about the crap. We care about helping people, and that's what I mean there. And uh, it was rough, bro. It was a it was a tough week, but I made it through. Obviously, and everybody said it was great. Uh, full disclaimer: I've never watched one uh, men's health video back that I've ever done ever, uh, or or any project for that matter. If somebody said on our stuff, if I if I messed up and did like a an alternate row, and I said it was a bilateral row. I rewatched it and then fixed it, but I never watched the stuff back. I hate listening to my voice or watching myself um, on video. I do it enough for Instagram. It's like I need to watch more fitness, like I need a fucking hole in the head, but that's off topic. Anyways, I made it through the week, and uh, after a few recovery days, I started doing split squats every day in my programming. For one full year, I never missed a single day. And like I mentioned, that experience not only changed my legs in terms of how they performed and how they looked, but mentally it taught me a valuable lesson. And the lesson is oftentimes it takes an external force to kind of push you outside of your comfort zone near your breaking point in order for us to really change our habits. And I don't think you know your true potential in fitness, much like life, if you're never, I mean, really challenged. And the takeaway is you got to be willing to fill the holes in your game, um, not just in fitness, but in your career, in your education, and in your life. And if and that's why I love fitness because it kind of mirrors so many things with life. If you can, you know, visualize and draw the connection, because you have to embrace the challenges. You can't shy away from them, and it may suck when you're going through a struggle, whether it be in fitness or anything else. But you come out a more badass version of yourself on the other side, and that's kind of the rough note 
I shared, and then obviously everybody's asking me, well, how did you do it? And, you know, why would you do that? And isn't it bad to do split squats every single day for a year? Before I even kick off, one, if it's body weight exercises, and even if it's loading exercises, you can load some days and go body weight other days, and you can do the same or similar pattern every day for a lot of things. Can you deadlift your max every day? No, that's dumb. Can you do a variation of push-ups every day for 365? Yeah, I don't see why you can't. I don't see why you wouldn't if you want to. Can you do some variation of pull-ups every day? Yeah, you can. Um, walking lunges, bodyweight split squats, bodyweight squats, glute bridges, mobility. There's a lot of things you can do every single day, you guys. I'm not saying do 100 every day, but there's no reason you can't do 100 one day and then 20 the next day. You see what I'm saying? Like, You can build this integrity to bulletproof all these patterns if you choose to. I can go extreme examples if you look at like the Olympians, and obviously I know people listening aren't Olympians. You think those kids are taking, you know, four days off between training body parts? Of course they're not. Now, I know you're not Olympians, but they're doing it at this crazy high level for where they're at. You're just regressing it down and doing like a very elementary version of it with body weight stuff, which oftentimes is just, you know, essentially a a little bit elevated mobility drill. So yeah, I do think you can do split squats every day if you do it properly and you do it correctly and you have a base built. Again, if you're not in the same kind of arena as me in terms of fitness, then no, I would scale it back and do the version that's best for you. I'm going to say that 50 more times during this podcast. So why would I start doing this? I talked about it real quickly. We did this project at Men's Health and I didn't know what I was getting into. Obviously. I mean, I kind of knew, but as they say, you don't know until you know, and there's levels, um, in fitness and there's different skill sets in fitness and what you're good at and what you gravitate towards and what you kind of shy away from, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. And I'm pretty well-rounded in most things. And the things that I'm not good at, I become proficient at and the things that I really want to be good at I get obsessed with and I go all in and we get invited to this project for men's health and this is a full-on project we're there for you know seven eight days whatever it is and the very first day it's like the worst leg workout of all time that's high volume low rest and I was not prepared uh, for this now was I training legs a ton before that? Yes. Front squatting, back squatting, walking lunges, pushing a sled, step-ups. Would I do split squats before this? Yeah, probably once every two weeks, give or take. Would there be maybe a month where I didn't do split squats? Yeah, there probably was. But I was doing so much barbell work and walking lunges and sled work and even like lateral lunges. It just wasn't on top of mind. Not that I didn't think Bulgarian split squats were great, but I fucking hated them like everybody else does. And my legs were good. Like I was strong. I could deadlift, you know, five, 600 pounds, dunk a basketball, run a mile in under six minutes. Like my legs looked, you know, good for photos and videos. I'm like, it was fine. Or so I thought. And we get here and 
like I said, I never have watched this video back. If you bought the program, maybe you can see my soul uh, leaving my body. Maybe you can't. I tried to put on my my best game face as I was there. What I do remember from the workout was not the entire thing. I remember it was getting late at night, and towards the end of it, there was a minute of split jumps, which is like a dynamic split squat lunge in a plyometric kind of format where you're essentially just exchanging, you know, you're split jumping. So essentially you're exchanging split squats in a jump pattern every rep for a full minute. Now, if that doesn't make you want to quit and go home as it is after you've already worked out for, you know, 33 minutes, the end of it was just this split squat pattern back and forth. So like one minute was split squats on your right leg and then minute two is split squats on your left leg and then back to split squats on your right leg and then back to your left leg. And I remember when I knew I was fucked. And it's like, have you ever seen like Dave Chappelle, uh, like season one where they do like when keeping it real goes wrong, they like tell these jokes and it's when people, basically it's like when people know they fucked up. Uh, like, like when you're a little kid and you do something bad, or you break something and your mom or dad says a word they don't normally say. Um, or they make the face or they call you by your middle name and you're like, yeah. Or they call you by your full name. You're like, yeah, now I know I'm in some shit now. The moment I knew Houston, we had a problem was I'm doing the split jumps are done and my legs are so swollen. I mean, my quads look like, you know, fucking corn dogs at the Minnesota state fair. I mean, these things are ready to pop, dude. They are just like two meat sticks, like, and I'm on, I'm wobbly. Um, we start the split squats and we're going and my right leg, I'm doing the split squats on my right leg and it's as many as you can get in in a minute. And again, I'm next to these serial killers, so I can't look like a complete turd because it's men's health and I'm doing the most advanced example. I remember I was in trouble when my back leg, the leg that's on the bench, that's not the work leg is on fire. Like, so my right leg is the leg that's actually working. When you do in Bulgarian split squats, you know, your, your rear foot is elevated and the back leg is just kind of like a kickstand just hanging out. That leg is burning so bad. And I go, I'm going to have to put this leg down and not just stand on it, but do split squats on it after this. And I don't know where I went. I went to, you know, my pain cave, uh, the darkest place in my brain I could to just kind of gut through this. And obviously, now mind you, this is, your, we all have mic packs on and microphones and this is live and they're filming it. There's like eight cameras around, the whole camera crew. Adam Campbell's there, who's, shout out to Adam Campbell, who's at Precision Nutrition now. Um, he's the dude at Men's Health. He's there watching everyone else. And I'm just like, whatever you do, dude, don't fucking quit. Like, you, if you got to die right here and, like, have a heart attack or pass out or your legs just have to crumble under you, you're going to keep moving. You're not going to be the one who quits first. This is your, you're going to die right here for this. And uh, made it through. The timer goes off. And I remember just laying on the ground. Like, and my legs just completely crushed. And more so than that, my soul was crushed. My, what I thought I was in fitness went out the window completely. Now, it doesn't matter if I could deadlift 600 pounds at the same time. I was dying doing these bodyweight split squats at volume. Like that time under tension, that volume and capacity, I was not ready for. And I remember looking at BJ and maybe he remembers this, maybe he doesn't. I'm like, bro, did you really do this program? And and I know he did. 
because I've known him for a long time. He's a practitioner. And he's like, yeah, I went through and tested everything. And in my head, and I'm, I'm really, I want to ask him, like, did you really do this, though? Because this seems like this is impossible. Like, this seems like you're here just trying to punk me, and then the cameras are going to come out, and then we're like, yeah, we're just joking with you, dude. Like, that's how much I was struggling. And uh, obviously made it through the whole week, and the, and the program turned out. But the funny thing is, like, during the whole um, experience, I'm in, like, Alexi and Hannah are talking bullshit and hanging out. BJ's over there, like, doing edits to the program. I'm in the fucking corner, legs straight up against a wall, splayed position, just trying to get the blood out of them. Because, man, my ass was so tender. My TFL, my ass, my glutes were so sore. They, they should have called the program, like, Meta Ass. Because my butt was just like, I mean, dude, so juicy on fire. Just like you could have popped it, man. Um, painful. And, uh, I mean, they're disgusting uh, descriptions, but it's the truth. And I remember calling Heather after the first the first night. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I'm like, I think I'm just going to give him the money back because I'm like, I don't know. I, I go, I almost died today. And I go, we got five or six more days to shoot videos. And I know we're going to have more split squats, glute bridges, you name it. Like, I know we're going to do split jumps again. And like, my legs are already completely smoked. And uh, that's the reason why I started doing it. And I'm going to go into the nuances in a second and I'll walk you guys through how. But I want to give you a full, a full kind of breakdown just because... I still do perform for a living, obviously. So we do these follow-alongs. We do these sequences. We share exercise. And I didn't want to feel that again. That's probably the first reason why I decided, you know, once that week was done, what I really was telling myself during the week was I'm like, I'm never doing fucking split squats again. Because every time the program came up on the teleprompter, we look at it, Hannah, Alexia look over at me, she's like, all right, Jay, more split squats again. I'm like, you motherfucker. But as I was going through the week, I'm like, I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. And then finally, I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, I do. I do need to do these um, every single day because I never want to feel like this again where I have holds in my fitness game. Um, I wanted to bulletproof myself for all the future opportunities that were going to come my way. And like anything in life where you know if you're, you know, a person who has holes in other areas of their life, maybe you're, um, you know, kind of an asshole sometimes, or maybe you interrupt people when they talk, or maybe you, you know, try to do too many things at once, whatever it is, you have to have some self-awareness and identify like, hey, man, maybe I should stop doing this. But oftentimes, we don't see ourselves or we don't consciously know what holes we have in our personality or in our life or in our fitness game, it takes this external factor to show us. And that's what happened for me. And I just didn't want to basically ever feel like a bag of shit again. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was rough, dude. And so I made a decision. And the last reason, honestly, why I'm like, you know what, I went the other way. Instead of saying never doing them, well, I'll do them every day for a year because I know this will never be something that holds me back again. And I know if it's really hard for me, it's probably really good for me. And what I found out is I like doing really hard shit. And I guess I always knew that. But it's looking back at that and the other things I had been doing up to that point, I already knew it. 
And for some reason, I just like to do hard stuff, man. And as much as I hate stressful moments and anxiety and dealing with bullshit, I tend to at least like thrive in the chaos of it. Or I guess I can manage to do better than most people. And that's, if you're you're able to do that, like weather storms and keep your composure and push through the stuff that really sucks, you'll come out on top and you'll come out ahead and you'll end up helping not just yourself, but a lot of other people around you. And I frame it that way because I tie that into like the pandemic, right? Like I hated it just as much as everybody else. The last two years were a dumpster fire. They suck shit. Um, you know, part of me wants to say, I wish it never happened. I hate anybody who lost life or did anything, you know, that it's really sad and it's tragic, but that's a, a gap in time in my life where I decided to do split squats. And I don't really mean that because I, I didn't really do split squats for two years. I did the, the split squats years before that. I decided to do the same thing. And again, I'm going to talk about BJ here for a second. I've said this before. I talked to him on the phone and he said, Jeremy, this is right when COVID happened. He goes, this can be a two-year training camp or a two-year prison sentence. And first, again, I told my wife, I go, BJ's gone crazy but he was fucking right. And I'm like, this will be a two year training camp for me. So I'll show up every day. I'll do more podcasts this year than I've ever done. Even on the days I feel like shit and I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm stressed, but I know I'll be better for it. I'll be better at speaking for it. I'll be better at working through shit. I'll help more people. I'll start doing more videos online. We'll do follow along stuff. We'll do things we can give to people who are trapped everywhere. Even if I feel like shit and I'm having my little bitch sad moment, if I can gut through this today, I'm going to help so many people, but I'll be better because of it. And that's one of the other reasons. So again, when I say that before this whole process, I was strong before we started doing this program, but a different strength. Uh, definitely. And, uh, the integrity I was missing, obviously, and obviously, you know, it's something BJ had in terms of single leg training. Um, he just had it. And to see it from the outside, and then obviously I could steal that from him, like, now I own it. And people will say, well, why do you feel like you had to do it every single day? I'm like, well, for, for one, I'm a psychopath. But I knew if I committed to doing it daily, it could be a game changer in many ways. Like, for one, physical, in terms of my performance, I can't tell you now how strong, like, my lower body performance is in terms of, like, if I go hiking, uh, if I ride a bike, if I push a sled, doing split squats and lunges now is like, you know, it's like fucking breathing at this point. I still hate them, but man, the level I can hate them at is elevated so much. Like, how much, and I'll go into the details in a second, and the byproduct is, Obviously, they look a certain way now, like I have a decent set of wheels on me. Um, and performance-wise, I can still do everything I've ever done. I can still run a mile in under six minutes. I can dunk a basketball. I'm 38 years old. You know, I don't know a lot of dudes who are that old who can still say that. And that's I have to attribute a lot of it to this unilateral training and specifically split squats being like the base of it. But more importantly, uh, mentally. Because if you can commit to something mentally for a year it can change a lot of things and it can show you like what you're capable of doing. And again, I say this fitness mirrors life. And I believe if you really want to transform your flesh, you have to transform your mind as well. And if you can do that, you can do damn near anything 
or you can do damn near most things in fucking life. And I mean that in, in all sincerity and not just me. This is people who have lost a hundred pounds. You didn't just lose a hundred pounds. You gained so much more than you probably even understand if you were to really slow it down. And I'm going to get some people I've had, uh, Ethan Schiff was on the podcast. He lost like hundred and like 30 pounds. He lost, he lost basically my wife off his body. It's fucking crazy. What he talks about on there and what he's gained, I'm going to get a lot of people on here who have done, you know, similar-ish transformations, even though they're all different. You gain so much more because you have to transform in your mind over time to become the person who can lose 100 pounds. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You're really transforming mentally as much as you are physically. When you commit to doing hard shit that you don't want to do for an extended period of time and you're not willing to take a day off and you're just willing to do it over and over and over. And I'm going to talk about it in a second, more the mental aspect. I'm not saying do 800 split squats every single day, but you can commit to doing it every single day. And I can tie this into obviously a ton of things here as we go. It doesn't just have to be fitness. When you can commit to doing something daily, maybe it's eating one green vegetable every day for a year. That's going to change you. The level of commitment and the mental toughness you'll have by grabbing this instead of this or always making it a priority to do, you'll change your eating habits and you'll change the way you think about food and fuel. If you're willing to commit to flossing your teeth every single day, I promise you that'll change things. If you commit to saving $5 a day every day for your retirement and you do nothing now, I can't tell you guys how big of an ROI that's going to have in 25 years from today. And it's the little things we don't think about, but it's just committing to them over time. It doesn't got to be crazy and do fucking split squats like a lunatic. But if you want great hamstrings and quads, it's not a bad place to start. If you want to have hamstrings that look like there's an alien grown out of your ass like BJ Kadur has, split squats are probably a great place to start. But again, you don't got to be every day. You do them on the days that make the most sense for you. Now, I'm going to talk about the protocols I went through real quick for you guys who want the specifics on what you should do, but it's odd because I've tried to record this podcast like five times today and my dog could still bark and uh, and go crazy, but I was coming home, I stopped at the grocery store to actually grab dog food and some other things, and BJ calls and leaves me a voice message, and this is just, I don't know if it's sheer luck or his ears were burning or whatever it is, but... He leaves me the voice message. This has nothing to do with the podcast, by the way. He, um, we filmed this thing for men's health. Um, he always had this idea that we were going to do this ambiguously fit duo, uh, kind of, you know, characters of ourselves at men's health. And we actually did film this. I think we even filmed it here. Maybe it was at like a CrossFit gym in Phoenix, maybe. I'm trying to remember. But anyways, it's a lot of partner stuff with just a towel. And I think we had no shirts on. So it's just two sweaty meathead gorillas with no shirts on doing partner workouts with like a towel where it would be like a partner towel curl where I would hold the towel and like he would curl it or like I'd be on my knees and like holding the towel and he'd do tri extensions or we would do some kind of like push up resistance or squat resistance. It was really, um, it was really risque, I would say, or it was a little outside, uh, outside the normal stuff that I share with fitness. Now BJ is a little more eccentric than me. He, he doesn't give a fuck about anything, but 
uh, I just remember he's he left me the voicemail on my phone before I got here, and I'm like, oh my god. He's like, you know, maybe they we should have sent it out, and maybe that would have done amazing, or maybe it was the worst thing we ever filmed. And now that I think about it, I'm probably um, I'm probably happy that that footage is is in the vault somewhere, and hopefully they don't release it in the next couple of years, and then it just pops up. But oh man, some of the shit some of the shit you do for for your job, right? Anyways. I digress. That was just a BJ Gador story off the cuff. Anyways, if you guys want to know how I did split squats every day for a year, I'm going to give you kind of the rough uh, blueprint. I'm not going to give you a day-by-day breakdown because, honestly, it was real fluid. Like anything, you do what feels right for your body. And what I mean is if your legs are beat to shit, don't you know make the problem worse by beating the shit out of them again. There is a certain rest and recovery, and you can use that to your advantage. You can build in mobility, you can build in time sets, you can load, you can deload, the volume can increase, it can decrease. There's a million ways to do it. So let's say you're gonna do push-ups, right? And say, I'm gonna do 100 push-ups every day for a year. That seems excessive. You know, what you could probably do is say, hey, I'm gonna do 10 push-ups every day for the first month. 20 push-ups every day for the second month. Then the next month, maybe I do 21 push-ups a day or 22. Or maybe say one week I do 10 push-ups a day. One week I do 50 a day. Next week I do five a day. Like you can mix up these protocols or just interchange them all. You're going to find a cadence that works for you. This, what I'm describing here, worked for me. Now again, I've been doing this for a very long time. I literally have been like a certified coach, if that's what people call themselves these days. Since 2005, I was an athlete before that my entire life. So I've been doing this for 17 years, coaching humans and working out far longer than that and doing some of the the most terrible workouts in between. So take that as a full disclaimer. Normally, you know, this will be in the app too. I'll share my, my weekly workouts. You guys will all see it if you want to check it out and you can do exactly what I do and I'll share a lot of these protocols like for me or for what I would I would share for you um, I typically load like four specific days a week so four days I'm like lifting how you guys would think is lifting and I'm a huge fan of that two of the days are lower body focused and dedicated so still to this day two days a week I'm split squatting minimum two days a week that's not changed during that year I still loaded those two days Usually one day, let's say it was a Tuesday, was like a strength day. And that I might do, you know, three to six sets. And it might be anywhere from five to probably five or six reps, honestly, on the strength days. I kept it pretty low. So I might do five sets of five, but a 100-pound dumbbell in each hand. And do five full range of motion reps, five full range of motion reps, rest for 90 seconds, give or take, and then come right back to it. Those are pretty brutal. I'm not saying to grab hundreds in each hand, but you do what you can do in terms of challenging yourself. Then Thursday, let's say, so I'll take a day in between of loading that heavy. I might do a hypertrophy lower body day. So meaning for me, and again, hypertrophy, if you look at all the research, anywhere from like five reps to 30 reps, I guess, depending on how close you are to failure, that's a whole different rabbit hole. In the general term, I'm saying, hypertrophy reps like building muscle close to failure like that kind of eight to 12 rep range is is what we kind of prescribe so what i would do is let's say four sets of 12 reps so i might grab 
let's say, a 50-pound dumbbell in each hand and do 12 reps on the right leg, 12 reps on the left leg. Now I probably only rest like a minute in between, and I do that for the four reps, and then I move on to the next pattern. Now, personally, I think that day is way fucking worse than the 5 by 5 day because, well, it's more reps, it's more time, and it's more work. And my breathing gets real erratic, and my legs start to burn, and I get real pissed off. Hence why split squats are terrible. But that would be two of the just specific loading days, for example. During that year, I might load another day, and I'll talk about that in a second. But that would be my two specific loading days. The other five days really just depended on how I felt and what else we had going on. Sometimes I build them into Metcons. Sometimes I do them as finishers. Sometimes I do it as part of a circuit. Sometimes I build them into mobility. You name it but I would do two specific loading days. If you guys are listening to me and you want to build a better set of legs, I would do split squats two days per week uh, with some kind of some kind of weight. Uh, doesn't matter how heavy it is. It's up to you guys. But I would that would be for sure the base of what I would build everything around. The second protocol I would do is just body weight sets. Now, this is anywhere from 30 reps to 300 reps. And sometimes those would be broken up. Sometimes they'd be done continuously straight through. So what I mean is, let's say I did my Tuesday loading, Wednesday's the day in between, Thursday's the loading. On that Wednesday, my legs usually are, you know, a little bit raw, if you will. So that day I might just do 30 reps on each leg. That's it. So I might come in, do my mobility, and before I even start the day, I'll say, okay, I'm going to do 30 reps on my right leg, all in a row, unbroken, no matter how long, if I got to, you know, stand up vertical and take a pause, I'll do that. And then I'll do 30 reps on the other leg and I'll just call it a day. That's it. Not real complex. But again, I did 30 reps on the right, 30 reps on the left leg. So it's, you know, essentially your three sets of 10, I just packed them all in together. And I'd focus on a bunch of different protocols inside of that, which I'll get to in a second. Now, let's say it was Sunday and we're filming like a Sunday advanced Metcon. Well, as you guys know, I throw split squats under there, and that might be closer to 300 reps of split squats, maybe 150 per leg. And on those days, maybe I do sets of 20 or sets of 25. And I just go 25 on the right leg, 25 on the left leg, and I just keep going back and forth until I hit 150 and 150. No, I'm at my 300. And then Monday would be a lighter protocol again, like maybe back to the 30 reps. And then Tuesday again, I'm loading. So I always space it out where it, how it made sense to me. So you don't have to kill yourself and it doesn't got to be crazy, but you just commit to a number. Now, if you're, if your legs are really trashed, you could do just three sets of 10. Say, Hey, I'm going to do, you know, and it, do something crazy. Like go barefoot. So take your shoes off. It's great for stability. Honestly, you guys, you get a great connection and you really start to own a movement and feel it when you're doing this much volume for this amount of time. And you start playing with different protocols. But maybe if your legs are just trash, you do, hey, I'm going to do three sets of 10. So I'm going to do just 10 bodyweight squats on the right leg, 10 on the left leg, take a little break, and then come back and do it. Just build it into your mobility routine. Just like you would do like your quad kind of hip flexor stretch, just throw in a couple split squats when you're there. Again, you can't tell me if you did that for 52 weeks. You know, said, okay, one of the days where my body's just, you know, freaking beat to hell, I'm going to do just 30 split squats. And... Yeah, 30 split squats times 52 weeks is 1,560 split squats you wouldn't have fucking done before. So you're telling me doing 1,500 extra split squats a year is not going to make a difference? And you time that by five years 
and you do 7,800 extra split squats, again, you guys, if you're talking about like investing money, it's the same thing. You invest 30 bucks a week, like every week for 52 weeks, you do that for five years, that's going to compound, that money's going to grow. And yeah, your fitness doesn't compound that way, but it does compound in other ways. It builds an integrity and it builds a foundation and it builds a strength and endurance that very few people will have. Also, when I'm talking about building those reps in, I would sometimes do time intervals in like a kind of like the AMRAP patterns, right? So let's say I just did a, a finisher that was split squats. I'd say set the clock for, you know, three minutes and say, I'm going to do as many split squats as possible and I'm going to change reps every, excuse me, change legs every five reps. So set the clock for a couple minutes, do five reps on the right, five reps on the left, and just kind of playing back and forth between the two. That's not super crazy. Anybody can do that for five minutes and take the rest as you need to, which is fine. But you're, again, you're forcing yourself to do something in small increments. It seems so much more manageable and doable when you break it down into 30 reps or three minutes or five minute increments, or like I said, build it into your mobility. We would do these other time sets where it's almost like Tabata style, where it's 20 seconds is the work, 10 seconds is the transition, and it'd do eight straight sets for, let's say, four minutes. Again, I'm going to load all these into the app. You guys are going to see a lot of these in there if you really want to, you know, get split squat crazy. But you do 20 seconds of split squats on the right leg, take 10 seconds and chill, do 20 seconds on the left leg, and you just go back and forth between the two until you get through all eight sets. That's four minutes of work. That's it. So a lot of times, like on, let's say, like a Friday where it's like upper body loading for me, I would go through the whole upper body workout and be like, well, got to get my split squats for the day. This will be my finisher. And it's aerobic as well. So I'd set the clock, 20 on, 10 transition, and just do body weight split squats. Totally cool. Um, again, some of the other days where I felt good, I would do different loading. So instead of just doing two dumbbells in each hand, I'd do some offset loading. Dumbbell in the right hand, same side your leg's loaded. Or dumbbell in the left hand, opposite side the leg is loaded. Maybe I'd grab two kettlebells or a kettlebell or just a sandbag and put it on my back. Um, hold it goblet squat style. There's a million variations. You can do that. And that's what I mean. You start to play with everything and see, okay, I can feel this more in the glute. I can feel this more in the hamstring. I can mess with my foot placement. I can put the foot you know, closer. If I want a little bit more quad heavy, I can put the foot further away if I want to go hamstring heavy. It's endless options. And when I say split squats, most of the time I'm doing Bulgarian split squats, meaning the, the rear leg and rear foot is elevated and that single leg is just on the floor. However, there'll be a lot of days where I would play with uh, like the pure motion, which is a great tool. A lot of you guys don't have it. You can go from the floor. You're doing split squats. What I'm getting at is you're doing split squats from the floor. So your rear foot is just on the ground. You're in that kind of split stance, just like you lunge, and you're doing split squats right from there. I honestly think those are really brutal too, because I'm so used to doing the Bulgarians. Doing them from the floor would be a complete game changer for me. So not always doing the exact same setup either is key. So Bulgarian from the bench, floor split squats, plate deficit split squats, meaning you can put your front foot on a plate, like a thicker, like a bumper plate, do the split squats from there. You could put your back toe on a plate. That's a slight, not really Bulgarian, but it's a slight elevation. You can try that. Partial reps, top reps, bottom reps. What I'm saying, 
when I talk about those reps, I might go one day and say, I'm going to go 90 seconds and I'm going to do split squats, 30 seconds. I'm going to do partial reps at the top of the movement. So before I even get parallel, I'm just kind of pulsing in that top range. Then the next 30 seconds, I'll go bottom of the split squat. So bottoming out for the second 30 and the next 30, maybe the whole range of motion. Like that's a protocol that takes 90 seconds, one leg, 90 seconds, the other, it's a three minute investment and you're done. Or when I say pulsing, meaning you're living in that time under tension, those, those to me got to be pretty close to some of the worst, meaning like you go almost to the bottom, but you stop that back knee just short of the floor and then you never stand up fully. So you're keeping that leg in that time under tension. So I might set the clock for one minute on the right leg, one minute on the left leg and do a pulsing like, you know, as much control as I can have for a minute and then switch to the next minute. Again, that's only two minutes, but you're keeping so much tension on the quad and the glute and the hamstring. So for a lot of times you can do more time under tension in that one minute than you would do for, let's say two sets of loading. If that makes sense, what I'm saying, your leg is actually working more. Now the load is less, but the leg is having to do so much more work. Again, there's a million ways you guys can skin a cat. I can talk about all the protocols I went through. Usually, Monday, I went through a decent amount of uh, high volume body weight. Tuesday, loading. Wednesday, way less volume. Thursday, back to loading. Friday, way less volume. Saturday, I usually tried to fund different protocol, which I'll talk about in a second. And then Sunday, back to a different kind of hell or build it into the Metcons. A lot of times, I can build things into our group Metcons that I missed during the week. That's the benefit of having your name on the building and you design all the workouts. Uh, so selfishly, it's a win-win for me. But um, I would do a lot of tempo and speed stuff. And one of my favorite protocols, if you guys want to try it, it really lets you know how much integrity you have and how much strength you have in the legs. Take your shoes off, go barefoot, and do one rep in one minute. I know it sounds super crazy, but hear me out here. You set the clock for a minute. The first 30 seconds... You're working your way down. So as like an hourglass would empty or the clock would tick, you're lowering down that back knee down to the floor. And when the clock hits 30 seconds is when your back knee should tap lightly. And then slowly, the next 30 seconds come all the way back up. So there's one rep done in one minute, but you're working the whole minute. That, my friends, takes timing, takes a level of control. And that's a different time under tension hell that a lot of you guys are not used to. That will, that'll change you for sure. That to me is just as rough. That to me is worse than doing grabbing 100-pound dumbbells and doing 10 fucking reps in each leg. I'd rather do that than do the body weight minute. And I'm, all, I'm serious when I say that. Or just set the clock for like a Saturday sometimes. I would just I'd be going through. We'd be filming content. And I'll just set the clock and say, okay, well, I haven't done split squats yet. Just give me two minutes on the clock. And I'm going to go max reps on my right leg and minute and then max reps on my left leg in a minute with proper form obviously usually put an Airx pad down so my, my back knee can tap the pad but it's safe and it's effective and now I'm working speed reps like power athleticism control if you want to be athletic you gotta do athletic shit and that's one of my favorite ways to do it um, again I, one of the protocols I, I started to do was the 10 minute um, kind of supersets which I talked about in a second I set the clock for 10 minutes and I just go back and forth between legs Minute one is all my right leg split squats. Minute two is all my left leg split squats. Then back to my right leg, back to my left leg, and I do that back and forth for 10 straight minutes. And that's probably the, the most popular one I did. 
to end workouts, partially because I hate myself and I'm uh, a psychopath, but it lets you know what you're made of, right? Like it lets you know where your pain cave is. If you guys aren't there, do it for two minutes, do it for four minutes. That's fine. And I would just set a number. Your, your number might be 10 reps in a minute, but what I would do is say, okay, for 10 straight minutes, this is what I'm going to do. And every minute I'm going to get at least 15 split squats done in that minute. So at the end of this 10 minutes, I've done 150 split squats, 75 per leg, and I'm out the door. That's a great fucking workout. If you're stuck in a hotel and you only had 10 minutes, that's all you can do. You're dripping sweat and you're crushed and your legs are just smoked. That's a great protocol to add into. I usually do that a day after the loading because it is, it is kind of tough. But I did get to the point where now I think I could do that. I could do that most days of the week. I think I'd be fine. Other than on like a, a super heavy leg day itself, I could do it afterwards because it built up the integrity. I think it's great. Um, I did a lot of blood flow uh, restriction training, uh, BFR which is brutal. It's where you take like one of the voodoo bands or one of the bands and you wrap it um, for split squats specifically, like around your um, gluteal fold or like your butt crease where your hamstring and your ass come together. That's for a different podcast altogether. I got that from BJ, honestly. Um, you can do that with quad. You can do it with quad. I mean, quads. You can do it with uh, bicep curls. You can do it with calves. You can do it with a lot of body parts. It's a different protocol, but that was part of my day. The other two I think you guys can throw in is uh, static holds. And, uh, and like the hold flows, meaning maybe you set the clock for a minute and you're going to do a hold for a minute. So like a, a lunge split squat hold just from the floor, back shin is completely parallel. All the weights on the front heel, 30 seconds, you hold it. When the clock hits next 30 seconds, you're just repping it out. That's disgusting. Or you can do the opposite, rep it for the first 30 seconds and then try to hold it for the second 30 seconds, just a couple minutes on each leg. That's a great protocol to try too. And then the last one is really starting to understand concentric and the eccentric focus of the movements. Most of you are familiar with, if you're going to do like say Bulgarian split squats, the lowering phase is slower than the ascending phase. So meaning the eccentric portion, when you guys are lowering down, you're taking maybe three seconds on the way down, one second on the way up. So as you're lowering your body, three, two, one, and then return to the top for one, three, two, one, or return to the top. The time under tension there is brutal and it'll force you. You can't hide is what I'm saying. It'll force you to really own the movement. Now, in my opinion, the concentric is worse. So meaning once you get to the bottom of the split squat and you start from the bottom, that's how we should teach split squats to everybody, even though it's typically not done that way. I do think teaching it from the bottom up is the best way, but that's just my opinion. When you are down in the position, so like you're doing your quad kind of hip flexor stretch, back knees on an Eric's pattern on the floor, you're gonna you're gonna raise yourself up slowly for a three second count. So three, two, one, come up. Then lower yourself down quickly, but come up way slower than you normally do. So not just exploding up, you're slowly coming up. That, to me, is is one of the worst protocols you can do. It's really rough. So. Those are probably the, the most popular. I'm missing a bunch in here, but I just want to get this podcast out because I know a lot of you guys were, were curious about it. Um, but after the heavy days, usually it would be a, a light day of split squatting, like really, again, as low as 30 reps probably. I don't think I ever went under 30 reps unless I did the time sets where I did like a minute of uh, like a one-minute squat and a one-minute split squat. 
and that would probably be the only time. Otherwise, 30 to what's the most I ever probably did in a day? I don't know, probably something stupid like 500 because I'm an idiot. Um, don't do that. But that would be, you know, the normally the, the light days for me. And then I would build in a lot of mobility split squat stretches um, where you just do the reps for like, you know, maybe two minutes per leg and you build in the, uh, the stretch while you're doing it. Again, it doesn't have to be split squats, you guys. The point is trying to improve and get better by challenging yourself to do hard shit that you don't want to do. And in fitness, we get kind of, you know, married into a certain mindset of, of what it has to be or what it can be. And some of the other things I've done that have been, I guess, kind of birthed from this, some of these things I did before this, some of these things came in between here and some came after. And, and some of it comes from just sharing with fitness friends when you have a bunch of freak weirdo friends like myself who live it, you know, essentially 24-7. I've done lunges for an hour before, multiple times, still do to this day. It's um, just over a mile typically with my stride length. It's brainless for me. Um, it's not easy. Uh, you're dripping sweat. It's a great cardio workout too. And uh, it's a great way for me to listen to podcasts or music or just kind of fucking zone out and forget about all the bullshit I got to deal with later that day or the next day, but I've done lunges for an hour, multiple times. Uh, I've done step-ups for an hour, multiple times. I just did step-ups the other day for like probably, I don't know, 30 minutes. Um, is it boring? Yeah. But if you put a movie on or you have like a podcast in, or just, you don't want to deal with any shit, you just stepping up, stepping down. And then what you start to realize, and I'm not saying go do step-ups for an hour, but when you're doing these things for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you start to play with it. You start to, I'm not saying create all new variations, but you start to have a body awareness of, okay, I'm a little unstable on the right leg, or okay, I push a little bit more like through my forefoot than my heel on my left leg, or I can tell my glute is weaker on this side. You're starting to build a body awareness, and you can start to work on those imbalances as you go through that. Um, I've also pushed a sled for an hour before, which with the, with the torque sleds we have that go outside, it's actually fun. I, fun is relative, as my man Dennis Gary says. If it's not fun, you got to lower your standards. Um, so many of my standards of fun are super low. But I don't mind it outside. Uh, it's getting hot as shit here, so now it's not as fun. But I pushed a sled for an hour. Definitely pushed pulled for an hour many times. It's um, the rogue sled that we have inside weighs 100 pounds plus plates. I've done variations of that as well. Um, again, it, they're brainless for me. Um but split squatting has opened up a lot of doors of things I can do. And I know that sounds really weird and it sounds super excessive and it is, and you guys don't have to do that. And I'm not recommending you to do it, but why can't you go do lunges for once you have a base built 10 straight minutes? Why can't you go do step-ups for 10 straight minutes? Why can't you go push a sled for 10, 15 minutes straight? Again, I'm not saying you have to, and I know it sounds weird, but why is it weird? And how is any of those three basic things I mentioned any different from running for an hour? Think about it for a sec. Are they not arbitrary? Like, are the things I mentioned not even better for you? You know, we can make the argument for that, that lunging for 10 minutes is more beneficial than running on concrete for 10 minutes. I would say it's way better for you. It's my opinion. Or doing step-ups in a controlled pattern where you're owning the movement is way more beneficial for 10 minutes than running for 10 minutes. Same thing with the sled push pull. 
it's weird that we've just been married to this idea of, well, I'll just put on my running shoes and I'll go run. And I'm not against running. We build it into our Sunday Metcons, sometimes more, sometimes less. But when I say it's arbitrary, like, hey, let's go out and get a coffee. Hey, let's, all, let's go grab a beer. Totally cool. I like coffee. I like beer. I'm not against either of them. But we never say, hey, let's get together and have some oatmeal. You know, hey, let's get together and have some asparagus. We don't do that. Because we've just adopted, this is the thing we do for this, but we don't do it for this. But if you came as an alien from another fucking planet and you saw, like, why are these people all waiting in line for this weird drink and just talking about it and doing this, but not with all these other drinks? Why are these people always doing this one activity, but never these activities for the same duration? Just food for thought. When you start to think about training and people say, well, can you do push-ups every day? Do you know how many people fucking run every day? You think push-ups are really going to be the thing that gets you? Yeah, if you do 700 a day, for sure. But if you're smart and you can do 700 push first of all, if you can do 700 push-ups a day every day, you're smart enough to know not to. So my point with all this is that no matter what in life it is, if you really want to make a change, you got to commit to it. And nothing great happens overnight. Nothing does. It took, you know, me seeing a glaring, what I would consider a weakness in my fitness game for me to change it. Maybe I knew it subconsciously or maybe I consciously did. And that's why I gravitated towards the things that I was strong at and powerful at and good at and not avoided the other things, but just was competent enough and didn't really want to dig in. But either way, it it took me, you know, a good six months into that year journey of doing it every day until I really felt like it was making a difference. It was painful and it sucked. And there was a lot of days where I had to sell myself on why this mattered and why it was important. And it's tough when nobody else knows but you. When you commit to yourself and you don't tell anybody, that's typically one of the hardest commitments to keep. But it's also the most important. And that's what the takeaway is, is, is nothing great happens overnight and it has to matter to you. Nobody's going to be shitty at something and then be great at it in a day. You have to go into it with this kind of beginner's, the beginner's mind. And I, and I try to keep that in everything in my life and have an open mind and realize the things that I suck at and the things that I'm good at and have a level of self-awareness about it and understand it's going to take time and effort to change. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And uh, therefore, they don't really reach their full potential in a lot of things. And fitness is definitely one of them. And again, it's rough, dude. I get it when you're starting at the bottom. But just doing something consistently every day, walking for 10 minutes a day, eating one green vegetable a day, getting to sleep at a decent time every day, it's a game changer. And nobody goes from entry level to CEO overnight. You can't go from the fucking third grade to the 10th grade in a year, you just have to go through the grades. You know, if you want it, you have to really make it matter to you and you have to be willing to do the base work and give it time. Um, I just know a lot of people tend to want to rush things and, and sometimes we focus on, you know, 10 years down the road instead of 10 minutes in front of our face. And that's the biggest thing. And oftentimes the glaring things that we know we need to change are the ones we're not willing to. But what I can promise you is this, if you're willing to work harder than you ever thought possible at things you're not good at, if you're willing to be called crazy by all of your friends and family for something, 
especially something, whether it's fitness, if it's business, if it's an education, if it's, you know, a dream, if you're willing to be called fucking crazy and looked at as weird by your friends and family and other people around you for something that's really not guaranteed to ever work out or turn into anything even remotely considered important or successful, I think you'll be, I think you'll be on the right track. Um, is the juice worth the squeeze to you in terms of giving it that time, effort, and energy? Only you guys can answer that, but honestly, it's a great place to be. So hopefully that podcast made sense. And if you guys want to walk through a split squat protocol, you know, more than you are now, I gave you a good set of tools and foundations. Again, it doesn't have to be split squats. It can be anything else. If you're looking at your personal finances right now and you want to get out of debt, you know, start with just paying off a little bit each day. And commit to doing that every single day. Whether you have to work a couple more hours or you have to cut back on a couple of luxury items, it's worth it. Uh, I'm always just, I don't i don't know if like there's, and there's, I'm almost done. And there is my dog, my friends. This girl is just crazy. Anyways, if you're willing to commit to something day after day and really put in the work, it's going to pay off. Um, I gotta let you go. This dog's going crazy. Anyways, a lot of this stuff's going to be on our app. You guys, if you want us to walk through it, we're happy to do so. Um, and, uh, if you want the athletic greens packets or any of the bean products, I'm happy to send them your way as well. If you guys are on Spotify, uh, drop us a five star. You can do that now. If you're an Apple podcast, leave us a review, drop us a five star. We truly appreciate it. And, uh, anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, hit me up. I'm gonna get Heather back and we'll be in the office. So you won't hear my dog going berserk for the next couple of minutes. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.